We've all experienced a tremendous amount of change and transformation since early 2020. But what are you doing to lead yourself and your team through the chaos and complexity of exponential change? Let's find out together on today's episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. My name is Audrey Kanata, Operations Lead at the Digital Growth Institute, and today we are going to flip the script, and I am going to interview James Robert Lay, host of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Welcome to the show, James Robert. This is going to be fun being in the driver's seat today. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, you lead the way. You are the one who's driving today. I sure will. And as we always get started, anytime uh, you and I connect, tell us what is going well for you personally or professionally. I'd say if I look back over the past really 14 days, I hit five different cities, five different events, uh, doing private workshops, keynotes, and a couple of board strategy sessions for uh, financial brands. And the amount of energy that I experienced to get back in person at that type of cadence was exciting. It was exhilarating, but also just exhausting at the same amount of time. And not from that they were bad experiences, but I just forgot how physically grueling being on the road like that is, which makes me kind of come back and say, okay, we got to rest. We got to recharge and that's okay. Just to just pause and get out of, get out of some of that and just continuously just plug back in and get ready to do it all over again. Cause I, I do, I get so much excitement uh, when, when doing these workshops. Well, I mean, it's like you just ran a marathon of speaking events and Hey, now you got to rest and recharge and uh, refuel. So before we, you know, dig into the future growth index today, You've done a lot of traveling, you've done a lot of speaking, you've met and had a lot of conversations. And one of the things that we talk a lot about over here is being either growth bound mm. or you are stuck in the gap. And I think, you know, most of us have a pretty general idea of what that means, but can you elaborate a little bit more on the difference between those two and, and what specifically you mean by being stuck in the gap? This is such an important topic to consider and think about, particularly as we're always looking ahead to future growth. When you're growth bound, you look at the future as bigger, better, brighter. You're looking at it through a lens of abundance. You're optimistic. You're hopeful. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you're stuck in the gap or the growth gap. And the gap is an acronym for griping about problems. And that's when you look towards the future from a lens of scarcity, from a viewpoint of uncertainty, pessimism, um, that the, your best days are behind you. And it's important to consider where you're at on this spectrum because how you perceive the future right now in the present moment will directly influence your thoughts your feelings and emotions, your actions, your habits, your decisions. And what we're seeing right now through some of the research we've been doing is essentially a tell of two cities. 
Yeah. So in thinking about, you know, being growth bound and stuck in the gap and the future, you developed uh, not too long ago, the future growth index uh, as a way to measure this. Can you unpack that? You know, what is it? What are you asking? And what and what is really the, the purpose, um, you know, that you're hoping to see with this index? Well, it came down to like a lot of things. I had an idea. Um, and I needed to validate that idea. I was watching and observing the behaviors of marketing teams, of sales teams, of leadership teams, and both their spoken word, but also some of their body language, if you will, in workshops. When I would bring up particular subject matter around uh, artificial intelligence, for example, you could see the body language and feel the energy in the room start to shift in some cases. And I didn't have a way to quantify this. And so the future growth index looks at three different levels of perspective. The very first one is at a global macro level. So what we're looking at is when you look out at the future, uh, at a global macro level, do you think of this, uh, do you think of the future as bigger, better, brighter? So you're, you're growth bound or are you stuck in the growth gap griping about problems as I was mentioning before? And this is on a scale of zero to 10. And so what we're finding right now is the industry average is around six more or less. It's important to note that that mushy middle is a very dangerous place to be. I, I've called this the zone of uncertainty because when you're in the zone of uncertainty, you tend to not make a move one way or another. You're just kind of stuck in this Broken. cave of complaint. Exactly. Wow. So you go from the macro global level, you go to the organizational level, same thing. When you think about the future of your organization, do you feel uh, growth bound or do you feel stuck in the gap? And then finally you go from the organization to the team. When you think about the team that you work with, do you feel growth bound or stuck in the gap? And it's always on a scale of zero to 10. And we're finding right now the industry averages on all three spectrums are around five or six, more or less. So why look at this future from the global, the organizational, and then the team level? Why look at it from those three different angles? You look at the future first uh, from a, a macro global level because that macro is going to impact micro uh, the organization, if you will. The organization is the macro, which will impact the micro being the team. So it's essentially going from the largest possibility into a smaller one, from the smaller possibility into even a smaller one there. And if you think about what's going on at a macro global level and what has been going on at a macro global level since early 2020 through the COVID experience, through a financial crisis, through a health crisis coming out of COVID, through a lot of societal crisis. I made some predictions early on in the podcast that we would see health crisis, financial crisis, uh, societal crisis, all lead into and in where we're, I think we're at right now, which is a mental health crisis. It's a culmination, and it's completely understandable. Sure. Now, that mental health crisis is going to present itself differently in different ways for different people. Organizations are made up of people and people make up teams and teams make up organizations. So we must be mindful of what's how people are perceiving the world at a macro level, because that will then I think directly impact them at an organizational level 
and then at a team level. Yeah, no, that, that makes absolutely uh, a perfect sense. And I can, you know, I can think about that just myself personally. Um, you know, I've seen how when the outside is, is tough and struggling, the inside is probably going to be reflecting that uh, as well. So you used this future growth index recently uh, to gain some perspective from, from those in the industry as you were traveling. Um, what did you hope to find out? And, and how did you set this up with these groups? Because these were, you know, larger organizations, yeah. you know, 40, 50, 60 people at a time who you introduced this index to and kind of talked through and facilitated that. So what did that look like? As I mentioned before, it was a, a tale of two cities. Um, wow. You have one organization, and these were both for uh, board planning sessions. And one organization- so we're talking about two different organizations here. Exactly. So one organization, 40, 50 people, um, they completed this and were right, right in line with the industry average, if not even trending a little bit above the industry average. So one could say okay. that they're moving to be more growth bound, even though they weren't in say the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 range. They were moving from the zone of uncertainty to being more growth bound compared to the industry average. Okay. You take that quantitative data and you overlay the qualitative, which people also provide a response as to why they picked the number they picked on the sliding scale. And then you go from that into the conversations during the board strategic planning session. And what I found around how they were thinking and perceiving the future is they were very curious. Um, they were looking to learn. They were looking to grow. They were looking to understand, to gain context. They didn't, they knew they didn't have the answers, but they weren't afraid of the unknown. On the opposite end of the spectrum, the other city, if you will, the tell of two cities, the other organization, about half the size um, completed the this assessment here, but it was one of the lower rankings that we've seen when using and deploying the future growth index. And once again, that was affirmed, the quantitative affirmed by the qualitative responses, but then you go into the conversations with this particular group here. Instead of being curious about future growth potential, they looked at the future as something that was scary. They were confused. There was a lot of conflict in the discussion, in the dialogue, the body language even. And so what I told them, and we use this as a communication tool, this is nothing more than a snapshot in time. This does not predict your future. This only shows you your perception of the future, which if you choose to stay where you're at in the gap, griping about problems, it's going to be a bumpy ride. That's a great point about that being just a snapshot in time. But given, you know, the fact that say organization B, who was not as growth bound, who were more stuck in the gap. What do you attribute that to? You know, if, if you're saying in general, a majority of that group was was trending lower on this scale, I mean, what were you hearing? What was some of the, the, the feedback and the conversations or the body language that you were seeing? Uh, some were 
verbally saying that they wish they could go back to the way things were before, i.e. pre-COVID. Um, some were sharing their concern, and I think they're legitimate concerns around AI and artificial intelligence, but their perception is that of Skynet. Um, when asking this group how many have played, just played with, experimented with chat GPT, um, one out of around 20 people had, meaning 19 had not. So my follow-up to that was, well, what's your perception of chat GPT? And their response, well, that's what kids are going to cheat in school with, and it's going to make kids dumb. And, like, it was just this very heavy negative response. And then I said, well, where did you get your perspective from? Well, the news. So, and it makes a lot of sense because when chat GPT came out, that was the big headline for a couple weeks in the news cycle, but it was being presented as a tool that kids were going to be using to cheat in school with. And so that has now been planted into their mind and so they're going to have to, and this is important. This is why it's a snapshot in time. They have the ability to reframe their perspective, perspective being the sum of context and framing. And that was what I was doing is I was saying, okay, I understand where you're at. I'm not judging you, but here are some other perspectives to consider going forward into the future. I'm, I'm curious though, after this, conversation and, and the facilitation of the future growth index with uh, Bank B, who did not respond as, as positively. I'm curious if you were to fast forward 90 days from then and give them the future growth index again. Mm. How how would you hypothesize that those uh, answers would change? Would they change? Would they be the same? Do you think that having this new perspective, they might see things a little bit differently? I would say it's a possibility um, because there was definitely, as we were wrapping up, a lot of the comments of in reflection of, on the day spent together and the time we invest together, it was, I would say, more hopeful. It was more optimistic. It was more upbeat. And a lot of verbal affirmations of, Thank you. You've helped me see things differently. You've helped me understand. And I get it. I really, I do understand because a lot of, and I'm, and I'll, I'll be front in line on this one. A lot of what we fear is what we don't know. It is the sure. fear of the unknown as I've written about in banking on digital growth. I'm writing about banking on change. And the only way to overcome the fear of the unknown is just to simply learn learn you know and i think back to a lot of the feedback that i've i've heard and i've i've received from a lot of your speaking is that you do provide hope you know you come in there and you tell it like it is and it's not always the greatest but it's not always doom and gloom it's it's real but you're there to provide hope and and there is a path forward and this is just you know a snapshot in time i now you told me i believe it was during bank b's uh conversation you had an interesting uh comment that was made to you during that presentation that was kind of a little bit of a um 
reflection maybe of, of the mindset. Um, but I think this is a great, you know, for digital leadership, I think it was a great example of how you responded versus reacted. We just wrapped up a conversation yes, on our emotion. So tell us a little bit about that uh, situation and what happened. It was actually, it was, it was very unique. And, and I'm glad that it happened the way that it happened. So we uh, had some AV technical difficulties and it got things off track for about five minutes. And uh, realizing that I was not the who to fix it and I didn't have the how, I needed another who, Thinking About Who Not How by Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan, great book. Um, Someone came in, they knew what they were doing, they got it resolved. But during that awkward kind of five minute unscheduled pause, someone in the back of the room just popped off and said, so much for digital growth, huh? And I, I, I just chuckled. I laughed. Um, and, and I knew, I knew where they were. I knew where they were mentally. I knew where they were emotionally based upon their future growth index. And instead of getting upset and frustrated, which would have really helped no one, I just, I just laughed. I didn't say anything at that time, but once we got back on track before we got started, I, I just, made a reference to the room. I said, I just want to, whoever said that back here, I go, that was actually quite funny, but there's a lesson to be learned. If you are not comfortable with the unknown, if you're not able to adapt Mm -hmm. your process, system, thinking, whatever that might be, based upon unexpected environmental factors, the future is going to be very challenging as we experience through the COVID experience. That was a forcing function to adapt systems, processes, behaviors, actions, habits, etc. But we got to the other side and we learned and we grew and we're better for that. Yeah. But with, that's a great but with that but with that comment saying so much for digital growth I said, that is digital growth, being able to adapt. Yeah, that's a great point on adaptability because we talked about, you know, the the tale of two cities, the tale Mm. of two banks, and and there are different reactions to the future. And a lot of it is fear-based. It is rooted in fear, but also the lack of adaptability, you know, Um, being able to pivot and change because, you know, COVID happening, you know, why don't you go back to the way things were? That's not going to happen. Um, and there's no sense in hoping for that or wishing for that. And this again, goes back to being a leader is you got to look at the facts ahead of you. You've got to remove the emotions. Is it going to be fun? Is the change going to be fun? Probably not, but you've got to, I'm having to check my own cognitive biases at the door, like every single day. And that's because I know how dangerous it can be to hold on to them. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. It's work. It takes a lot of coaching, sometimes even therapy for that to happen at really deep emotional levels. And, and we're not going to go that deep in today's discussion, although I think we probably should at, at one point or another because your personal perspective is going to directly influence your perspective, pers- per- professional perspective and vice versa. But the idea of adaptability is an area that we're continuing to study here and once again, it makes me very hopeful 
for the future because I do know that AQ, adaptability quotient, just like with the future growth index, we can measure that and we can coach against it to increase the adaptability quotient of individuals, of teams throughout the entire organization. And as a result, be able to navigate the complexities of uncertain and turbulent times more so than we probably could otherwise. Yeah, and that's a that's a fantastic point uh, to wrap up this conversation today. And and as you always like to end the show and how I'm going to end the show as well today, let's wrap up on a practical takeaway uh, that our listener can apply moving forward uh, in this age of AI. Well, if we're talking about adaptability, and this comes from something that you recently posted on, and I'm pulling this up here, you recently posted this on LinkedIn uh, about doing things that suck. Uh, And I'm going to quote you. You said, do things that suck, not to torture yourself and not to brag about it, but to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Why? By regularly stepping out of your comfort zone, that zone will naturally expand. And so I had replied to you on that. And I said, this is exactly why, for me, I take cold showers every single day. Now, granted, I live in Houston. We live in Houston. But it's now that it's getting cooler and colder here i'm grateful that the temperatures are starting to drop my showers are getting colder i was having to supplement with like true ice baths over the summer months with ice ice buckets uh but people some people responded they're like um one, one person said cold showers are too far outside my comfort zone i like to test my limits but that step is too far and i get it i understand i was there but it's making the conscious decision that I am able to control my mind in a cold environment that is very uncomfortable, it makes other uncomfortable situations over a period of time that much easier to handle. But it's like exercise and working out. You don't have to jump in, you know, and run the marathon. You don't have to jump into the shower for five minutes. Nor did I. Yes, I didn't either. Start with 10 seconds, then 20 seconds and and build that... um, build that stamina up. So thank you so much, James Robert, for for letting me flip the script on you today and and interview you. Uh, This has been a great conversation. Well, let's do it again because this was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast.